Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. This is High Tea with Grace, where we spill the tea on HIT. I'm thrilled to welcome Mary Lanton, President and COO of Diameter Health, a national leader in clinical data quality and interoperability. Thanks for joining us today, Mary. So great to have you on. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I would love to hear about the career path that brought you to your current executive role at Diameter Health. Yeah, no, not straightforward. If you ask me where I would be now, um, you know, it has been a process and I graduated from college, always interested in healthcare uh, and the sciences and spent some time as a clinical research assistant and learned pretty quickly that I wanted to be involved in healthcare outside of the provider system. Um, and I was fortunate enough to work with a couple of attendings who were involved in the policy of running the hospital and the business operations. So really inspired me to check out other parts of healthcare and went into policy consulting and then management consulting and found myself uh, going back to grad school to get a public health degree. And there I was exposed to lots of opportunities and landed on technology and data and analytics is really a platform where I could drive broader broader, broader scale change. Um, and that's been my path um, and was fortunate enough to find a couple of startups where it was we were really focused from a mission standpoint on how do you get data to the right place to inform the decisions that make care better, um, not, from a, not only from a quality standpoint, but from an efficiency standpoint and have had the privilege of working with amazing teams, um, some great successes. And uh, most recently, and prior to Diameter, um, was part of a, a team called Humatica, which I had to highlight just, you know, those moments in life where you're fortunate from a mission team opportunity standpoint uh, was a clinical analytics company and worked there. We were uh, later acquired by Optum and I had the opportunity to, to build that team uh, from a client services standpoint and eventually left that role many years later, um, almost a decade later as the GM and president of what became Payer and Provider Solutions. Um, and I am here now at Diameter. And wow. I, had taken, I had taken a break um, and really enjoyed the, the journey in terms of building a product, um, building the solution and delivering that. 
uh, and had seen the whole ride, if you will, um, and had built it into a successful business and took time off and was excited to go back. I'm just trying to figure out what part of that journey I wanted to go back to. And that brought me back to diameter. Um, That's so, so exciting. What an interesting path. Now, I know upscaling clinical data is a humongous challenge. So tell me a little bit about the work now that you're doing at Diameter Health and, and yeah. what your role is there. Yeah, so upcycling data, you know, if you think about it from a data ecosystem, there's lots of clinical data out there. Um, and if anything, we're drowning in data, you name it. Um, mm -hmm. And where we live is really in the middle in terms of how do you clean that data? How do you map and normalize that data and enrich it so that at the other end, it can be useful um, and really useful to all different folks, you know, whether you're a provider, whether you're a payer, a life insurance company or the government, um, there's no reason that we cannot, that those data should not be used um, where, where it's needed. Um, and so we really, the problem that we're solving is how do you do that at scale and quickly? Um, mm -hmm. Because as you know, um, you know, at the point of care, immediacy does matter. And so, we've been able to drive that. In my role specifically, I joined uh, Diameter right after they closed their B round um, from a venture round funding uh, and was super excited because, you know, from a path of the company, they had already uh, had a there there in terms of, I joined a company previously where there was no there there yet. And so it's a different, <laughs> kind, different kind of work. Um, and there was a product market fit. What resonated for me is that it solved a problem that we were trying to solve and we did solve uh, at Humedica, but um, we did it with people. Um, mm -hmm. And the difference is just given the volumes of data that are available today, uh, you need to be able to do it at scale uh, to be meaningful and impactful. That's um, so, so true. Wow. So, so interesting. And I recently saw on the news that Availity, the nation's largest health information network, plans to acquire Diameter Health. And I'm wondering, yes. you know, how do you think this strategic collaboration will disrupt healthcare with, you know, this nation's largest health information network and now all of this amazing clean data and upscaling data capabilities? Yeah, I could not be more excited about the partnership and becoming a part of Availity because as a real-time um, health information network and really the largest, um, you know, they sit uniquely between both payers and providers and that cross-collaboration is incredibly important. And as I as I said, diameter is in the middle. You know, our mm -hmm. job and what we do well is upcycling that data um, and Availity has the data, um, can be the source of that data. We can enrich it um, and upcycle it. And we will have the vehicles as part of that broader network to get the data to where it needs to be at the right time um, with really informed, intelligent workflows. Um, so I really believe we're well positioned in a completely different way uh, as part of ability to, to drive our mission. You know, our mission at Diameter has always been to get the data to where it's needed. Um, and by, by being a part of ability, I, I do believe we have the potential uh, to truly be disruptive as, mm -hmm. a, as an integrated um, platform. And I, I should note, you know, our, our sweet spot has been on the clinical side and abilities has been on the claim side. Uh, so the two coming together just creates a synergy um, that's amazing. Yes, it does seem almost like diameter is Availity's clinical strategy in many ways. And yeah, and we we absolutely are moving forward with that thesis um, and, you know, early in the stages, uh, but absolutely hope to build on the strategy that has existed at Availity, but help accelerate it.
So payer provider abrasion, you know, that's always talked about. People always talk about how how much abrasion is there, that relationship's always going back and forth and and it seems to be there's it's hard to have a lot of collaboration. Do you think that having, you know, access to more clean data might help improve payer payer provider collaboration? Um how specifically do you think payers and providers will both benefit from the clean data? Yeah. I think they'll they'll benefit across multiple axes, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of having access to the clean data will inform decisions and help across a number of different fronts, um, clinically, financially, and operationally. Um, you know, when you think about the payer provider world, everything from risk adjustment to quality measures, um, prior authorization, where that collaboration is absolutely important and having a complete longitudinal view that's informed uh, for patients both that includes clinical data as well as claims data it's bringing the best information and the most complete information so those discussions can happen and decisions being made or you know measurement and compliance um it's it's evening out the playing field um and bringing it all together mm, that's very interesting do you think it'll help support um getting rid of administrative burnout in many ways too, just having access to better data at at their fingertips? Absolutely. If you think about Mm -hmm. it from a clinician standpoint, really understanding, you know, if I go to the hospital, really what are all, everything that's happened to me as Mary Lanton and having that and informing different decisions at the point of care and onward in terms of having that historical view um, and recognizing the reality that we all don't get care at the same place. And, Mm -hmm. you know, getting data from, different providers and seeing that in one place can only inform the best decisions and uh, reduce the amount of time that's spent in understanding the full picture and making the right informed clinical decisions. Hmm. And on the payer side now too, uh, I know that HEDIS was paused for a while and then it's back going now. How does this, you know, valuable data improve HEDIS reporting? Yeah, it, it improves on, on a couple of different fronts. It, in terms of getting access to the data um, to help understand how um, how folks are doing against the specific measures, the accessibility of the data there. Um, and so that helps reduce um, reduce the, the administrative burden of just even pulling the charts. Um, but then from a compliance standpoint, because we're upcycling the data, uh, what comes out of that is, you know, there may be data that is now available and apparent related to a patient that previously wasn't just because it wasn't organized in the right way. Mm. So in terms of you see the reduction in the administrative burden and the chart chasing, um, as well as you see potential clinical improvement just because you have data that was hard to find or not not easily visible because uh, it's gone through the upcycling. So you can, can see as an example that you know, a patient was compliant um, for uh, across a specific measure. Wow. That seems like it would be really invaluable and pop and kind of from that pop health standpoint, this public health mindset standpoint, this could really help improve some 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 massive pop health efforts, you know, having that kind of data too. No, absolutely. And you know, where we've been focused is um upcycling the data and just making helping with data liquidity, you know, improving data Mm -hmm. liquidity. Like data should Mm -hmm. push through and absolutely um help a number and impact a number of different use cases and you know even if you if when you tease out population health so many different ways that understanding um the full picture uh how how decisions would be different 
Wow. That is so fascinating to me. And this is so, I'm so glad that you're doing this work <laughs> and that you guys are doing this work. And it's not on me because I know it's all. Uh, we have an army. We have an amazing team of clinical informaticists. You know, I think how we've gotten here is absolutely the clinical expertise um, with you know, clinical experience across a number of different disciplines with PharmDs and physicians um, and great engineers and strategists in terms mm -hmm. of solving that problem. I, I have the privilege of helping lead. Um, and that that has been the fun part. That's fantastic. So what do you think this new Availity Diameter Health joint effort will look like in the next five years? If you could kind of pull out your crystal ball, where do you expect this effort to lead? Yeah, with a crystal ball. And if we, we do what we set out to do, really being the de facto platform, um, integrated platform for clinical and claims data exchange uh, that really supports um, the broader healthcare ecosystem. You know, we are uniquely positioned um, with the dual side network of Availity uh, to really drive an impact. And I think, you know, how that data can be used is 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 really limitless. Um, and so I think it would be important for us to stay focused and prioritize how we get to that goal. Um, but I truly think coming full circle to your earlier question, we will be disruptive because we will be it. We will yeah. be that platform that can um, inform so many important decisions. That's awesome. So I'd love to move now to your personal life to get to know you yeah. more personally. Uh, so what are some of your interests outside of work that kind of keep you going and keep you grounded? Yeah, I am incredibly fortunate uh, and, and um, rich in friends and family. Um, they keep me grounded, keep it real. Um, and, you know, our or a big outlet for me. Um, outside of friends and family, I love to cook. I love to eat. Um, I do, I'm an avid, uh, I do work out. I love to get air um, every morning. I need to raise my heart rate a little bit um, to get going. It's as much as, as I need my coffee. Mm -hmm. um, it's a dual, dual morning startup. So um, you can hit like a girl then, I guess. <laughs> I can, I can. I actually can. I have taken Tybo. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Back in the day. Um, but yeah, no, I love to exercise. I run, like, um, do yoga and spend time with my puppy. Um, but yeah, it, it's um, in travel. Love to travel. That's amazing. And and what are some strategies you've put in place to help overcome some challenges in your life? You know, obviously it's you, it takes a lot of work to get to where you have come, especially as a woman leader in an industry like healthcare technology. Uh, are there any particular challenges you faced as a woman executive? And, and, you know, what are some challenges, ways that you've overcome those? Yeah, I would say in general, there are always going to be challenges, you know, both personally, professionally, and balancing the two probably is where the intersection comes in most. Um, and I feel that as, as a mother, um, mm -hmm. as a working mother and working parent, period. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of strategies that have helped me over time is just breaking it down. Um, and, you know, I think it's very similar to how I approach work in my personal life. Um, well, I would use the words at, at work as a, I'm a strategic operator. No, mm -hmm. like understanding what are the priorities and then bringing it down to what do you need to do about it and how do we get there? And, you know, what is the operating plan to tackle X, Y, Z? Um, you know, I think there's a corollary in my personal life in terms of just, you know, breaking it down and taking it day by day and imbalancing the two. 
I think ultimately I've been successful in my career and personally in needing to do that in each of those spheres, but then as they come together um, mm. has been incredibly important. Um, and, you know, as a, as a female um, executive, I think it has been incredibly helpful uh, to lean on and tap into being a strategic operator. Um, I think that has given me a voice and the forum to drive change. Um, you know, not just getting getting stuff done, but understanding where it fits in in the broader picture to help drive a strategy forward. Mm, that is really interesting, kind of finding your niche and really leaning into that and going hardcore into it. That's Absolutely. fantastic. Do you have any pieces of wisdom that you'd like to leave our audience with today? Anything you tell your children, anything that you tell the folks that you work with or things that you think are just what might be encouraging or uh, might help someone learn something new today? It's always important to laugh. Can't take it too seriously. Um, I say that at work and hope that I bring that every day um, in terms of just, you know, things can get pretty stressful, uh, but take a step back and appreciate uh, the moment and um, always assume positive intent uh, is something that, you know, I carry with me at work and, you know, as I'm talking to my children um, in terms of as we're listening and absorbing and taking information, um, I think that's incredibly important. Mm -hmm. That's really encouraging to, to think about. Really, people are most of the time just want to do the right thing. And you're right, just seeing them from that light of them just wanting to do the right thing can really help improve relationships overall with everyone you know, your family, your friends, your colleagues, and, and more. And, and I think the last thing I'd add is just define for yourself. Um, and I have to keep telling myself this in terms of, you know, what brings you balance? Um, no, I think we all work hard. Um, we all put, it's, it's fun to have a balancing, a balance to that, to understand what, what gives you oxygen and, and can help you be your best self. Um, and I, it, sometimes it's more challenging than others, but to commit to yourself to do that, I think, um, is incredibly important. Mm, so, so true. Now, I know we talked a lot about clean data today, and I'm wondering, do you have any personal experience uh, that that kind of describes how and why having accessible, actionable clean data could be impactful to patients? Do you have any experience like from your personal life that you'd like to share yeah. with us? I have an example of where we didn't have access to that, to oh. that data, mm -hmm. where it was challenging. And I, and I think that is what motivates me and highlights the mission that we need to continue to, to drive forward. Um, so I'm the oldest of three children and um, have elderly parents. And uh, like many people, um, my parents became ill with COVID. And um, it was during the period uh, earlier this year where, you know, the rates were so high, you couldn't go to the hospital um, mm -hmm. unless, unless it was, you know, pretty close to the end. And I had recently relocated my parents from New Jersey, where I grew up, uh, to be closer to us and, you know, changed different providers. Had, had They've been through a number of different healthcare systems. And, you know, the, the notion of clean data and a complete data longitudinal view of what happened, what, what has happened to a patient um, was not available. Um, mm -hmm. And it was exacerbated by the fact that, uh, his children, um, my sister and I, who have all of that information, um, 
we could not go to the hospital. Um, so a yeah. lot of the communication was over the phone. Um, incredibly happy and grateful that my dad is still around. Um, but through that period, as he was receiving care, you know, how different would it have been um, and less stressful uh, if the care providers had access to his full medical record um, mm -hmm. at all times. And so, you know, diameter is just, diameter is just a piece of that and ability as we come together, but truly the idea being that we can bring those pieces together. So you have that complete picture and, you know, for the, my father received incredible care, but it was, it was a lot of work um, in terms of information exchange over the phone. Um, you know, we couldn't be there at his bedside um, to talk to the providers. So I hope that the story um, that we can share as we go forward is that information is there. Um, mm. And, you know, in terms of the um, availability of, of data when you need it to understand what's happening with a patient. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but I am so grateful for the work that you're doing to to change that and to make it better for all of us patients who desperately need that data at the point of care and and our clinicians desperately need that data and the payers desperately need that data. It's all very important. So thanks for the work that you're doing there. No, thank you. It's um, it's a pleasure and I'm very fortunate to have a have a job where I can really try to drive that mission forward. Mm -hmm. So to finish off this conversation right, where can our listeners find you online? LinkedIn would be the best place. That's terrific. And before I forget, did you happen to bring tea or coffee with you today? I did. I brought my coffee. Nice. So tell me about your mug. This, there's actually a story behind this mug. It was the first mug, first item I bought post-college as I was moving into my subletted apartment when I was 21. And I bought four of them and they have stuck with me. Um, I That's love a them. quality month to, <laughs> la to it, last it is. time. It is. I love the lip of it and it, it always brings me back and grounds me to when I was just starting on my own. That is too good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mary. No, oh, thank you for having me. And thank you folks for joining us too. Check out the Hit Like a Girl podcast website and YouTube page for more great guests like Mary today. Cheers. Like a Girl Media is more than a media network. It's a community. We want to meet you and amplify your voice and the voices of outstanding women innovating in healthcare. Interested in starting your own podcast or hosting an event near you? Connect with us online or in person. We're here to support and empower you. 